Uh, my voice is a little too high for you. I can't help it. Uh, I'll try to talk a little lower. It's amazing to stand here and see all these beautiful people. Folks, you'll never know how happy my heart is right now. And I look back there and see that second row from the back. Mm, amen. Yeah, you too out there. <laughs> That's part of my family. You get a chance, greet them all in Christian love. Today, I'm going to kind of pick up where the song, the music left off, being a new creation. It's amazing how the Lord works. The gentleman did not know what my sermon would be today. I did not know what their music was going to be. But somehow the other all ties together. It's amazing how the Lord works. Before I get into the word this morning, I would like to ask Brother Warren, if you would please, they lift me up in prayer. You'll find written in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, <clears throat> chapter 40, verse 31. But they that hope upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. If you come over in the New Testament, 2 Peter, chapter 3, you'll find this scripture, which tells us, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to him be glory, both now and forever. As you can tell by the screen, today I'm going to be talking about growing as a Christian, powerful living. You see, folks, becoming a Christian is only the beginning of a wonderful new life for you. Being born again is like starting a life completely new, starting life over. Long before your rebirth, God had a distinct purpose for your life. By your new birth, you're given a chance to fulfill that purpose. But you'll never find that purpose unless you grow as a Christian. Being reborn and learning how to first crawl as a baby Christian, then how to come to walking stage as you get older as a Christian, and then how to scale the mountaintops as you get older as a Christian, is good. 
but it's not good enough. <laughs> As that first scripture I read, we need to also learn how to fly and to soar with the eagles. There's an old story told, and you know me being no Texan, no country boy too, I'm going to give you an old story. An old story is told about a flock of barnyard geese. Now every Sunday, one of their members would get up in front of all of them. That's called him a preaching goose. And he would expound to them the wonders of being a goose. He would tell them about their heritage. He'd also tell them of the many blessings in the future, their great possibilities. And occasionally while he's preaching, there'd be a flock of wall geese to fly over. And they look up out of the barnyard that they were in and get all excited. And they say, our destiny is to fly. We're not destined to spend our lives in this barnyard. But then the wild geese would disappear over their wide horizon. The barnyard geese would sigh. They turn back around through their life in the barnyard. They never learn to fly. Sadly, there are people in the kingdom of God who remains in the barnyard rather than spreading their wings and fly with the eagles. You see, God does have a person for you. Your conversion, you've been born again. That only happens once, folks. It is the experience of moving from darkness to light when you're reborn. It begins a process that continues until you're fully transformed into the image of our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, His Son. You have to grow. You have to grow. How do we do this? Paul tells his friends at Philippi, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Paul is talking about the process of growing, where you grow in grace and you become conformed to the image of God's Son. Paul is saying here that to grow as a Christian demands cooperation with God. You're not going to make it on your own, folks. It's only with the partnership with God that you'll make the purpose that he set before you. But you have to work at it. And when you do, our Heavenly Father is going to make things happen in your life. You'll have blessings. You'll have joy. But Paul also warns in the next chapter, he warns the Philippian church, 
against stopping along the way. Continue to grow. We have a misunderstanding about salvation. Oftentimes, we leave the impression from the pulpit and also from Sunday school classes that once you receive the salvation, that's it. You don't have to do anything else, folks. You got your fire insurance. Folks, that's only the beginning. Your salvation, your redemption, is not complete. And still you stand face to face with Jesus Christ and walk the golden streets of glory with him. Amen? Now, I know you're in a lot of Baptist churches and all that say amen, but when I'm preaching, you can say it all you want to. All right. Now, you only grow when you put out the effort. You'll not grow strictly on your own. How do we do this? Well, first thing you have to do is get over uh, the fear of leaving the barnyard. You have to get over the fear of getting out of the crib. You have to get over the fear of taking off the booties. You have to get over the fear of still wearing diapers. Get over the fear of growing up as a Christian. So let's look at some of the tools that you can find in God's holy word to help you climb the mountains and help you to reach spiritual maturity. A way to stand on the mountaintops with our Heavenly Father. The first one we look at, I want you to take the word growth. We're going to look at each letter. G-R-O-W-T-H. I believe it may be on the screen, is it not? Okay. The first letter, G. Go to God in prayer daily. You find that in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty, or five, uh, chapter five, verse seventeen, and there you'll find it says, "Pray without ceasing." Now, does that mean that every step I take from the time my feet hit the floor in the morning until my head hits the pillow at night that I got to be deep in prayer and so humble? No. I guarantee if you do that, you're going to get ran over before you cross the street. What it means, in your heart, always be in prayer. You see, prayer is the object that we have that God the Father gave us in the garden when he created man. <laughs> and my Bible still say man, woman. The ability to commune with him, to communicate with him. That's prayer. Folks, prayer doesn't have to be full of these and thou's. You don't have to be a preacher to pray. All you have to do is be willing to talk to your Heavenly Father. You're his child. He wants you to talk to him. 
and he wants to commune with you. That's what Paul means when he writes, pray without ceasing. You see, prayer really is your most basic expression of faith. Prayer is the breathing of our spiritual life. Prayer is your lifeline to God. Most important thing to remember about prayer is when you pray, pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for each and every one of us. He sits at the right-hand side of God's throne in heaven now as an intercessor for us. When Satan walks before the Father and says, <laughs> you think, oh, Jim's a good old boy? Let me tell you what he did last Saturday night. Jesus is there to take my side, to intercede for me. And that's true for each and every one of you. Never cease from praying. The next tool is R. Read God's Word daily. You'll find that in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. You'll also find in Psalms 119 where you'll see it says, Your Word is lamp to my feet and light for my path. Now, let me ask you a question. Pretend it's dark. No light whatsoever. You have a flashlight. You light that flashlight. First thing you do is stick it in your pocket and hide it. Is that right? What do you do with it? <laughs> you use it to see where you're going, don't you? Now, say an old boy back there in the back of the room there. He sees that light. What's he doing? Hmm? He'll probably come down here at this light so he can see where he's at too, won't he? Let the light of Jesus Christ shine, and I'll guarantee you, it's like in a summer evening, it's going to attract some attention. You know, you can take a light in a summer evening, you've got all kinds of bugs coming around. You light the light of Jesus Christ shining through you, and you're going to get people attracted to you. Now, don't hide your light as a Christian. Don't be afraid to let people know that you serve a holy God. They may uh, say some things about you. They may look down on you. But you have an inner power that they have not. And they're placed there for you to tell them about your God. Read your Bible. The Bible is absolutely center to our lives. For several reasons. 
first reason I'll give you is the Bible nurses through our lives. And Jesus prayed that the Bible will have the following effect on his followers. You'll find in the Lord's Prayer, which is John chapter 17. You thought it was going to be in Matthew, didn't you? Matthew chapter 6 is a model prayer that was given to the disciples when they asked Christ, how can we pray? John chapter 17 is a prayer that God prayed to his heavenly Father for all of us. So you find in John 17, verse 17, Christ praying, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. Sanctify means to make holy. One way that God will make us holy is by daily contact with Him. Daily Bible reading will help you grow. A second reason to read the Bible. The Bible will nourish you throughout your Christian life. The third thing. The Bible is our standard as Christians to make decisions and to form opinions in every era, area of our lives. How do you know what God wants of you? By reading His Word. And as you read God's Holy Word, and you pray over reading the whole God's Holy Word, you'll find God's will for you. You know, how many of you before have had your radio on in your car, and boy, the music's nice, you're getting a good, strong signal from the station? Have you ever noticed the further away you get from that station, the weaker that signal gets? Hmm? God is that strong signal in your life as a Christian. Therefore, there are ways you get from him but not reading his word and praying what happens to you. You're getting a weaker and weaker signal from him all the time, aren't you? Then we wonder why we have such train wrecks at times in our lives. You know, I've been guilty as anybody else. There's been times in my life everything's been going lovely. You couldn't ask for it to be any better. And I'll say, oh, okay, Lord. Hey, take a day off. I can handle it now. And folks, I'll guarantee you within four of the days over, there's going to be one big train wreck. And I'm going to be caught right in the middle of it. Then I'm down on my knees, Lord. Please don't be mad at me, but can you help me a little bit here? Hmm? And he's faithful and just to do so. He's faithful and just to do so. Everyone that's sitting in here could give a testimony of what God's done for you at one time or the other in your lives. He, you can tell others 
how Christ brought you through a crisis in your life. But you got to go to him. You got to go to him. That's what your Bible will do for you. The next letter we just looked at, S-S-E, that's old now, isn't it? Spelling is the only thing I had to stay in school after when I was in grade school. Oh, obey God moment by moment. John 14, 21. Whosoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. So how do we know we love Jesus? Because we obey his commandments. Living a life of obedience, moment by moment, will ensure your growth as a Christian. Likewise, we are delivered brothers and our sisters. Paul called this family a body. He pointed out that the body has many parts, hands, feet, knees, elbows, and so forth. And each one of you serves as a part of this body. I was going to have you do a little experiment, but I won't. I'll just tell you about it. Say, for example, just because you're a finger and not an eye, there's no reason to be upset. Let's say, for example, that eye gets a speck in it. Well, it's going to take the finger to get it out, right? Well, it needs you. But now, wait a minute. There's a little problem here. I want to see somebody take that finger as a stiff elbow, and I want to see you put it in your eye and remove that piece of dust out of your eye with a stiff elbow. Anybody willing to try it? It ain't going to happen, is it? So you see, it doesn't matter if you're the preacher. It doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher. It doesn't matter if you're just simply a student sitting out there or you just coming to the service because you love Jesus Christ and you want to serve him. And this body called the church, not a building, but a group of people. That's the church. And each and every one of you are equal in the eyes of God. You're equal. The person that will stop and pick up a piece of paper off that floor is just as important in God's work as I am standing up here. And until God's people can reach that point, you'll always have a fuss and contention going on in churches. Let's grow past that. Let's grow past it. God's Word says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And he commands us to love each other. Does that mean you cannot have any disagreements? No. But it does mean disagree in love, not in condemnation. The next letter is W. Witness to Christ. A witness for Christ. By your life and your words. Matthew 14 or Matthew 4, verse 19, Christ is talking to his disciples, and he says unto them, Follow me, and I will make you silly people. I'll make you laugh stock of the town. 
that what it says? Are you sure? Oh, gracious. Hmm. How come so many of us don't believe that? Well, that hurt, didn't it? You see, folks, the truth of the matter is, you are probably going to be the only Bible that a lot of people will ever read. They will remember your actions a lot longer than they'll ever remember your words. But, he will make you fishers of men. You witness simply by being who you are. It doesn't mean you've got to preach. But it means you live for Christ every day. So not only your words tells of Christ, but your life tells of Christ. And as witness for Christ, you're going to affect the world. You are the light of the world, Christ told his followers. Hmm. Shall we go on to the next word to you now? Trust God for every detail of your life. First Peter, chapter 5, verse 7. I think perhaps David said it best in the Old Testament. In John, uh, Psalms 23. You know it. The Lord is my... I shall not... I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You see, a shepherd tending his flock is willing to lay his life down to protect his sheep. Hmm. What did Christ do? What did Christ do? He laid his life down for his sheep. On the cross, he died for me. On the cross, he died for each and every one. Hmm. Trust God for every detail of your life. When we come to the point that we trust God and commit our ways unto him, he will bring his purpose to pass in your life. Folks, that's power for living, isn't it? That's power for growth as a Christian. Now, you don't have to get out and announce to everybody what you're up to. Because if you're doing what you're doing as a Christian, they're going to figure it out pretty quick. And I think that's the way God's got it planned. But it also comes back. If you're going to go and witness someone, the first thing you need to do is go back to that word prayer. Pray to the Father to lead you to the person that he wants you to witness to. You get that? That he wants you to witness to. And I'll guarantee you, if you do so, his Holy Spirit's going ahead of you and already prepared that person for you to come to him. 
Does that mean that person's going to accept Christ every time? No, it does not. But your point, and my point to you, <coughs> is you're being obedient to the Father. You're becoming a fisher of men. And any of y'all that's been out to pond fishing, you know you don't catch a fish on every time you throw your line in the water. Is that right, Gina? Almost. <laughs> now, the good fishermen, you let hear them talk, they catch it every time, but no. You're not going to win a person every time you witness to them. But that's not for you to decide. That's not for me to decide. Well, we must decide, are we going to be obedient and trust God for every detail when he tells us, go to so-and-so and witness to them. Now, where do we get the power? Commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. You'll find that in Psalms 37, verse 5, which brings us to the last letter in growth, H, Holy Spirit. How many of you have a spiritual gift? I want to see hands. How many have a spiritual gift? Okay. How many ever are Christians? Okay. Every Christian here in this sanctuary has at least one spiritual gift. The moment that you accepted Christ as your Savior, you were given a spiritual gift of the Holy Spirit indwelling within you. You want me to say it again? The moment you accepted Christ as your Savior and asked forgiveness of your sin, your sins was removed as four east from the west, and his Holy Spirit was given to you to indwell in you, to lead you and guide you in your walk as a Christian. And as you walk with a Christian or with the Holy Spirit in your life, trust in God's guidance through the Holy Spirit Folks, you're going to mount up on wings and you are going to fly. You're going to scale the mountaintop. And you're going to stand on the mountaintop of Christ. Side by side. <laughs> side by side. You see, I don't care if I have a mansion in heaven or not. I know his word says he's going to prepare me one. It says there's many rooms in the mansion that God has. I want to be side by side someday with Jesus Christ. With Jesus Christ. I want to walk with him. I want to thank him for what he's done. And folks, I'm going to tell you something else. When you get to heaven... And you start walking the streets of gold. Somebody's going to come up to you sometime. And they go, you say, Brian, thank you. And Brian's going to stand there. Hmm. Thank me for what? And that person's going to say, thank you for telling me about Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. 
That ought to be another amen. <laughs> I told you, I'm not done. Folks, the Holy Spirit is a real being. The third person of the Holy Trinity. The Holy Spirit is equal to God, the Father, and God, the Son. The Holy Spirit is not a it. The Holy Spirit is a personage. Real. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead wants to raise you from the death of sin and to control your life. You see, one of the most wonderful things that the Holy Spirit will do in our lives is to produce the image of Jesus Christ. And we are to be conformed to his image. You put all this together, G-R-O-W-T-H, growth. It'll give glory to God. It'll allow him to bless you with his presence in, his, in your life. And that presence will bring you power for living. I'm going to leave you with a couple little thoughts. The Christian life is not free from temptations. Don't be fooled into thinking that if you're more like Christ that you won't be tempted. You remember, Christ was perfect. But he was tempted by Satan, was he not? You will be tempted no matter how close you are. You see, in the human life that we live in, if we're not doing what Christ has called us to do, Satan's happy. He's going to kind of leave you alone. But the moment you start doing the work for Jesus Christ, Satan's going to get busy in your life. He's going to throw all kinds of roadblocks up in front of you. He's going to tempt you with everything. And the only way, the only way you'll defeat Satan is through the power that's been given to you by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Christ gave you more power than Satan will ever have. Satan cannot make you sin. He doesn't have the power to but he can make it look so beautiful and so wonderful that you're going to sin on your own. Now we're back to praying again, aren't we? Hmm. Now during this time, I'd ask you, if you would please, bow your head and close your eyes. Very invitation time. Go to the Lord. If you have any burdens on your heart, you have any requests in prayer for Him, now is the time. The altar is wide open. That does not mean you have to come down here, but if you want to come and talk to me, you can. But most importantly, talk to the Lord during this time. If you've never accepted Christ, now is the time to do so. We have no guarantee that any of us will make it home safe today. Be ready at all times. 
And you do that by coming to Christ. Let us pray. Just as you are.